Hampstead spent the time indulging in the same activities that attracted other well-off young gentlemen of his circle. He was something of a rake. His reputation was such that his mother despaired of him ever choosing a wife. But his mother was not a woman to stand idly by while he chose to ignore what he owed to his father's name. His duty was to marry and provide an heir, and she never let him forget it. He knew what was expected of him, and had almost come to the conclusion that any well-bred young woman would do. If he could not have love, then why not marry the first eligible female he met and be done with it? And yet... The thought of marrying for duty filled him with dread. Caroline's own marriage had been a happy one. It had shown him the possibilities. He was an incurable romantic at heart, and he wanted, if at all possible, to marry for love. Caroline dimpled. If she can then add to these qualities a gentleness of character and sweetness of disposition, she sounds to me like a dead boar. Spare me, I beg of you. Well, no one ever thought that Michael Horsham would marry. Not at his age. Not that he is so very old. But he has never before shown any interest in matrimony. There is hope for you yet, dearest. I am relieved to hear it. To hear you, anyone would think that a person over forty has one foot in the grave. Yes, and so you have, she declared. He smiled. I'm not there yet. You must wait another few years for that. But not so very many, Robbie. Little cat, he murmured. Lord Martram was a rather good-looking man, well-built with a fine pair of shoulders and a very attractive smile which he had learned over the years could be used with devastating effect upon women when trying to escape their black books. If he was not precisely what one would call a tulip of fashion, he was, nonetheless, elegantly dressed for the morning in pantaloons and a snugly fitting blue coat, highly polished hessian boots, and a cravat of exquisitely tied linen. He was seated by the window in his mother's dressing room, as far away as he could get from the fierce heat of the fire, which was blazing even on this summer day in August. Caroline smiled sweetly and picked up her fan. But is Lord Horsham's engagement a love match? I think that extremely unlikely, he said with bruising frankness. Then why should a man like him enter into wedlock at his age? He leaned back in his chair and folded his arms across his chest. Because he is so very ancient, and everyone knows that only young persons are capable of falling in love. Isn't that right? She playfully poked her tongue out at him. I didn't mean that. You know I didn't. You are deliberately putting words in my mouth to be provoking. Depend upon it, a man of his age may expire halfway through the ceremony, after all, he said and then added, as he reached for his teacup, not to mention the consummation. A glimmer of amusement stole into her eyes. I meant only that a man who reaches five and forty without marrying is almost certainly happy with his own company. It would be an extraordinary woman indeed who could inspire such a man to love after all those years. You must own the truth of that. Certainly it is unlikely, but not impossible, he replied, wondering why, after years of waiting in vain for just such an extraordinary woman to come into his own life, he was still entertaining any hope at all for Michael Horsham. And why would a young woman, half his age, choose him over any other agreeable young man of her acquaintance? 
A fifty thousand pound fortune will inspire a great deal of love, or at least all the appearance of it. She raised an eyebrow at him. So cynical, Robbie, speaking from experience? He grunted but said nothing in reply to this. Cynical was something of an understatement. Since the year he'd achieved his majority, he'd been prey to some of the most cunning and ambitious schemes to lure him into matrimony with women after little more than his money. Love, or the appearance of it, was very easy to fake when there was a fortune to be had. He had always hoped for a love match, but as the years went by, the chances of such a union seemed increasingly unlikely. He was well off and personable, and he had little difficulty attracting women. What bothered him was that he might have been sixty-five with a bald head and a liking for raw onions and corsets, and still they would have pursued him. He was rich, and he was painfully aware that most women of his acquaintance, well, the respectable ones anyway, were as much in love with his purse.